morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Should we pray together? Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are here with us right now. We pray that your spirit would speak to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, isn't it great to hear those stories of the four guys getting baptised and to start to understand something of what has brought them to this point? It is always a great time when we baptise people because it is a sign of new life. It's a sign of the resurrection. And of course, last Sunday we celebrated the resurrection outside. And a big thank you to everyone who helped with that. It was just a, a great day. And today is another great day as we celebrate the resurrection by seeing new life in these four people who are getting baptised. See, the gospel is all about the resurrection. It's important to remember that. So we want to make sometimes the, the gospel about the cross. And the cross obviously is vital. You can't have the gospel without the cross. But it's not the cross that brings us our salvation. Salvation today has come because of the resurrection. How do I know that? Because the Bible says so. Let me read you two verses. Uh, both by Paul. 1 Corinthians 15, 14, Paul says, And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Your preaching and your faith is useless if Jesus was still dead. If he was still dead, he would still have been a great man. He'd still have done incredible things. His miracles would have still stood the test of time. But he would not have brought about our salvation because if he was still dead, he'd just have been a human being. But he wasn't. He was both human and fully God. Taking upon himself all our sin and dying the death that we deserved. But rising again to new life. And in that life, we too have life. The second verse I want to read you is this, uh, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Did you hear what that said? That if you believe with all of your heart, not that Jesus died for you, which is quite often what preachers say, but that you believe in all, with all your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. That is where our salvation is. And today we're celebrating salvation. And we're celebrating salvation because of the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead to bring about life and life in all its fullness for each and every one of us. As you may have guessed, we're thinking about uh, Thomas today. And uh, I love this photograph. Well, it's, it's a painting, actually. It's a photograph of a painting. Uh, and they've got, someone's got Thomas's hands and kind of thrusting it into Jesus' side. It looks a bit gory, really. It looks a bit gruesome. When I first looked at it, I thought it was like four hipsters with one of them saying, hey, look at me new tattoo. But it's not quite that. It's a bit more gruesome than that. But it's a, not a true image. Obviously, because of painting. But Jesus, although he said to Thomas, put your hand in my side, Thomas never had to do that. The moment Thomas saw Jesus, he fell to his face and said, my Lord, my God. 
He didn't have to do what he said he had to do to believe. We don't know much about Thomas. We don't know how he was called. We don't know when he started with Jesus. We know a couple of things. We know he was deeply committed to Jesus. Because at one point, Jesus, just before he kind of enters Jerusalem, he says, we're going to go to Jerusalem and there I'm going to be crucified. And Thomas says to the other disciples, let's go with him and we will die with him. He was deeply committed to Jesus. We also know that when Jesus first appeared to his disciples, Thomas wasn't with them. We don't know why. We can only imagine why, and probably because here is a guy who was deeply committed to Jesus, and yet Jesus dies in a way that he didn't imagine. And maybe he's just completely bereft, completely lost, lost his sense of sense of purpose. And so he doesn't have the out with the other guy. He goes off and does often think. And when the disciples say, say, Jesus is alive, we've seen him, he doesn't believe because in some way he needs to experience it himself. So a week later, he's, he's with the disciples. Jesus appears to him. Jesus stands before him with holes in his hands, a hole in his side. And Thomas collapses before him and says, my Lord and my God. After that, that we don't know much, know much else. But let me tell you what Elishan says about Thomas. What we do know is he became part of the, 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 the apostle. He, he was in Jerusalem as they received the Holy Spirit. He was there, there as they were because of persecution. And we know that he went to India to spread the gospel. While the other apostles travelled around the Mediterranean and went to other, went to other parts of Europe, he travelled thousands of miles to India. He landed in India, India in, in the year 52. And planted churches and churches and And the, the descendants of Christians from 52 are still around today. They call themselves St. Thomas Christians. They stayed in India for 20 years, preaching the gospel. And because so many people were becoming Christians, Hindu priests killed for his faith. He was actually, actually speaking. Not the nicest way to die. The thing is, he actually is. He actually goes to one India. He wasn't the healthiest health guy. And he actually, he actually, and tradition says that he resists, even to the point where Jesus appears to Pierce and says, go, and he still doesn't go. And then there's a whole series of events, events spire against him, and he ends up in India, the place where God had called him to be. To, and so he starts to preach the gospel. And as I look at the story of Thomas, it's a kind of stop-star kind of a thing. At some point, he joins Jesus' group of uh, disciples. But after Jesus dies, he disappears. He, he's away from them. And then he comes back into that, that uh, place and meets Jesus. And Jesus calls him off somewhere and he doesn't go. He resists. He wants to stay where he is. 
And then he's off. He's forced into that place where he has to go. And it has a huge impact, impact of the gospel. Thousands of people becoming Christians because of his journey. And the thing I like about Thomas is it's an, it's an ordinary story of an extraordinary man, really. He's just, a, just an ordinary guy trying to just do his best. And sometimes he fails and sometimes he gives up and sometimes God has to push him. And we're all a bit like that, aren't we? We're all a little bit like that. Thomas did incredible things, but he struggled with it. And we see it in this story today. He couldn't even believe his friends when they said, Jesus is alive. He was a man filled with uncertainty and doubt. And yet, God used him. What does all that mean for us today? What's that all about? First of all, let's remember that the resurrection changes everything. It was the resurrection that changed everything for Thomas. It was the resurrection that radically transformed his life. And that's the same for you and me today. Wherever we are in our journey of faith, it all starts with the resurrection. And it was great hearing those stories from the four before, how for some of them, they are just starting out on their journey. And then there's Anne who's been a Christian for decades. And yet today is exactly the same for her as it is for the others. It's a significant marking point. A significant event that says that Jesus' resurrection power is at work in me. And I want to acknowledge that and live that out for the rest of my life. And whether you've been a Christian for ages or for a short time, in some way we all have to start somewhere, don't we? We don't know really how it started for Thomas. He was called to be with the disciples and then he was filled with doubt. But it starts somewhere for each and every one of us. And what I thought is, just for a few moments, and I've got my microphone here so this could be a clue, I thought, I thought just ask a few people, where did your journey start? And I'm looking for volunteers now, and I'm going to come to you with the microphone, okay? And all I want is one or two sentences about how did your journey with Jesus start, okay? Have we got a volunteer? Was, oh, okay, thank you, Sam. I'm coming to you, sit down. And Sam, I'm going to hold the microphone, because I know... Cause I, um, <laughs> And we don't need to preach. We need two sentences about where your journey started. I'm holding you to two sentences, Sam. Oh dear, that's sentence. That's two sentences. <laughs> and off we go. Yeah, go on. My journey started at the age of about 12. My dad is a vicar. I heard that God was real, but at 12 I decided to, decided to give it a shot. Fantastic. Well done, Sam. Who else? Who else to tell us where your journey started? Chris? My mother went to hear Billy Graham in 1954. She became a Christian that night. She was pregnant with me at the time. <laughs> I've got no response to that. You were, born, you were born again in the womb, even before you were born. Yeah. Who else wants to have a go? Come on. Ken. 
I came to Southport um, almost two years ago, wandered aimlessly down Lockdown Street, wandered in here, and it started from then. Fantastic. What a good story that is. Let's have one more. Come on. Who's going to be brave enough to do one more? Oh, my word. That is outrageous. Oh, is it Pam, is that you? with God with me, with me decades. God came to me when I was five years old, standing in assembly in school. Fantastic. Thank you, Pam. We all start in different places. I started my journey when a friend of mine started telling me about Jesus. That wasn't enough. I was kind of interested, but only vaguely. Uh, what really happens is she got radically healed, blew my mind away. We all have a different story. We all start somewhere. The problem is that for many of us, we start well. And then we stall. Maybe a bit like Thomas. He started well, he's part of the disciples, and then after Jesus' death, he's nowhere to be seen. And for lots of us, our journey with Jesus can stop and start and stop and start. Sometimes it stalls completely. And I, the challenge I want to bring to you today is that your journey may have only just started, but has it already stalled? And maybe for you today, your journey is even part of a Jesus. You're here, here because you're just visiting or to support those getting baptized. baptized. I want, to, I want to encourage you today, like Thomas, Thomas, to decide to be with other disciples, you, you to encounter the incredible resurrection power of Jesus. You have a choice in this. You can, you can choose to be in the right place at the right, at the right time, to be with the right people, which unfortunately is this lot. And in, and in place, we encounter the resurrected Jesus, Jesus, the, the Lord. Lord. And, I want, and I encourage you today to think, to think about what might be for you. But maybe you've been a Christian for a while. while. And maybe you may start well. And maybe I feel like it's stalled, it's stopped. There's an Old Testament verse I want to read to you. It's from uh, Genesis 11. I actually think it's perhaps the saddest verse for the boss in the Bible. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Because we know that Abraham going to Canaan to establish the new land of Israel. That's what God called him to do. But did you know Abraham's dad actually started the journey? Abraham was in a place called Kur of the Chaldeans. And he decided to set out from uh, that place uh, to Canaan. That was his intention, to go to go Canaan. Halfway there, they stop in a place called Haran. And it says, says that they settled there. Terror terror out on all, on all that God was going to do, going to do because, because he settled in the race place. And as Christians find ourselves on the on the jath and, and we settle for where for where and God and God so much more and more for us.
See, if we have, have resurrection power at work in us, which we do which we have, have. Paul said that, didn't he? That, didn't he? That the same power at work in you is the same power that raised, raised us from the dead. From the, we have that power at work within us. Then absolutely, absolutely anything is possible. Settling is absolutely second best. We are not, we are called to settle in a place of prayer as Christians. We are called to move forward. As Pam said earlier, didn't you, didn't you say you that? Called to be a people who are moving forward, moving on, moving to the next thing that God calls us, calls us, moving to the next level. And when I look at the story of Dormus, he moves from one thing to another. He moves from someone who is searching for faith. He moves to someone who is all in, in, my God, my God, my Lord. He then moves on to being a missionary and then to being a leader. And then he moves on to Martin, but we're going to ignore that bit, okay? That was a journey, that was a process that he was on. And we are all called to that same process. We are all called to never settle for where we are, but to move forward into what God has called us to do and to do and to be. And today, my today, hope for the four who are getting baptised, this isn't a settling place. It's simply a starting place for all that God has in store for you. But if you're, but if you're getting baptised today, that's still my hope for you. That you do not settle where you are in your journey of faith. That you listen to the voice of God calling you on to the next level. Calling you on to the next thing that he has in store for you. Because you are not called to settle. You are called to be a people who are on the move. Called, called people who are living out resurrection life. And settling is never that. Sometimes when we stall, we need to restart the journey. You may have started well on your journey of faith. You may have, you may have gotten it now where you think, think everything's just kind of came. You've settled for where you are. In that story with Abraham and his dad, Abraham chose to move on. Haran settled, but Abraham moved. I want to encourage you today to choose to move. To choose to be all in for Jesus. To choose to live out resurrection life. To choose to not settle for where you are. And how can you do, can you do that? Well, Frank Faye was a clue before. See, we are doing missionaries here. But the key to actually growing a church isn't just about how we present the gospel. It's multiplying leaders within the church who are able to go out and make it, make it to create new communities of faith, which is exactly what exactly what did. And I want and I'm to include as you listen to Frank. Talk about how this course can help you think about what it means to be a leader in mission. And if and at that point, that thought, well, you thought me and switched off. I want to encourage you to look at the story of Thomas and say, if Thomas can do it, then so can I. If you've stalled in your Christian faith, 
then the way to move out of that is to move into something new. In 2007, I went to America. I was uh, doing some research on discipleship, and I went to some of, the, some of the churches in America and asked them how they were growing people. And I went to Willow Creek, one of the biggest churches in America. I said, how are you discipling people? How are you growing people? And they said, well, we're struggling with it. We've actually just finished a big research project on it. Thousands of people interviewed how they grow, grow. The conclusion that William the came to was this, that if you want Christians who have been Christian, Christians for a time, if you want them to grow, you move them into leadership. You move them into a place where they are giving away what God has given them. And cultivate is about that. Cultivate is all about you moving into a new stage in your journey with Jesus, where you're moving forward and not settling for where you are. Because that is the call of God upon us. What will you do with that today? How will you respond to God? My prayer is that just lots of Christ Church will go on this Cultivate course. Even if you never end up using it, you will be inspired. You know what Frank's like. He'll get you passionate, you know. He'll get you moving, all right. Just listening to him, you always get fired up, don't you? But you'll be given skills, skills and you'll be given gifts that will enable you to be the people that God intended you to be. So join up. Maybe today you want to mark that as well maybe you're thinking I need to do something to kind of mark this new point in my life guess what you get baptized today if that's kind of just on your heart right now we actually haven't got any kind of clothes for you or anything but guess what we would sort you out what we got dressing gowns <laughs> yes right. we'll work it out if, if you feel that this would be the right thing for you, then we would do that. We'd make, we'd make it happen somehow or other. And we would love that to happen because what it means is that you are stepping forward and not settling for where you are. We have resurrection power flowing through our veins. That means we never, ever Settle.